0: Welcome back to the Self Care Unit with Operation Happy Nurse and Don't Clock Out. Today on this episode of Mental Health Matters, we have Danielle Rule with us. You may know Danielle from television, but she has she is also an incredible mental health advocate whose openness and willingness to talk about her struggles has drawn her an audience on numerous platforms. Welcome Danielle. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you? First and foremost, yeah. How are you doing? I am good. I am good. Uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel right now. The seasonal depression is yeah. starting to fade. I like. I genuinely felt it almost like come off. Like the other day, I'm like, wow,
0: <laughs> finally. You know, my husband and I were like dancing in the kitchen today, and you like just sparked like a realization. Maybe. It's happening like the seasonal mm-hmm. depression is leaving that's why yep. we were actually doing something joyful See? <laughs> we were singing to that that TikTok song where it's like about like the kid who the hairspray song where he's like it's so funny i'm sorry he's like <laughs> something's not sticking hairspray's not sticking looking like a feather from the back of a chicken I don't want to use silly hairspray. I'm having such a bad hair day. Well, we were dancing to that. That is
2: so And cute. I'm like, wow, there's this I serotonin. Know.
0: Is it back? Yep. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm.
2: Whatever works for you, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's like raining here right now in California. And so I just came back. I was on a trip to see my family from Indiana originally. And so I just got back and... Oddly enough, it was beautiful there where it's usually rainy and now it's raining
1: here. And I'm like, I just want some sun. I'm like such a lizard or a cat. Here I am talking about no more seasonal depression. I just like ran home and it's like snowing profusely. So
0: (laughs) I love the snow. We were just in California last week and I think we brought the sun with us because we had no rain for like the five days we were there. We were there from like Monday to Friday And everyone we met was like, you know, you're lucky. This is the only day we've seen sunshine. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, Danielle, you wrote a pretty fantastic blog on your experience being a mental health advocate. So you talk about how connecting with everyone, being open about your struggles is therapeutic for you, but also it kind of can bring its own issues. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, um, I think one um sometimes when i am discussing some of like my mental health struggles i'm doing it when i'm still struggling and there's a lot of people who are asking me for advice and the advice that i typically give i'm recognizing that it's not advice that i'm doing myself and so sometimes that can have me like snowball into thinking like oh my gosh danielle like you're an imposter you're not even taking your own recommendations when you know exactly what you can do to make yourself feel better Um, I think in addition to that, it also does open up, um, you know, people who don't relate an additional level of hate. Um, I know when the show first was released, the majority of the hate that I got was surrounding mental health and and being diagnosed with, you know, pretty much every single possible thing that you can think of in the book, things I didn't even know existed. Um, But in doing so, I've been able to find a wide group of people who feel how I do or experience like different sensations in the way that I do. And so I'm finding that the more shy I am about talking about something, the more actually gratifying is for me because then I get messages about things where I felt like I was on an island. Um, and people are like, this is me too. And I'm like, no way. So I think it's like back and forth where people like hear me talk about it and they're like, oh, this is normal. But I'm like, it's helping me to realize that, you know, how many other people there are out there who feel similar to me um, so having the opportunity to do that has been amazing, super beneficial, and I wish that every single person that I communicate with could also benefit on the broad scale that I am, because just the, even me having these one-on-one conversations with the people who relate with me is amazing. And I'm like, I wish we could just like get the group together somehow.
0: Uh, you were like actually my favorite on Love is Blind. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Truly, on every season, You stood out to me. And I think it's because of like the visibility of mental health and the vulnerability that you showed in the show. And you weren't – you didn't like try to hide how you were feeling. You Mm -hmm. made emotions normal. Like you were allowed to feel all the feelings. You allowed yourself to feel all the feelings. And you weren't afraid to show that in a way that, you know, was a national – Um, just a lot of eyes right and I felt (laughs) really validated in that I felt less alone through seeing you and I'm just I just want to thank you for what you did even what you did through that show and what you continue to do um, beyond it for mental health
1: no and thank you I mean struggles yeah. <laughs> no, and it's hearing those things are like life changing for me. Like it's hard for me not to tear up right now because it's conversations that I've always had within a you know, my close group and being able to have those conversations on a larger scale. And I'm proud of myself for being comfortable sharing the, some some of the things that I have. And I think that having it seen globally has, you know, kind of made me feel so comfortable, not only like in a public platform, but sometimes communicating things even with my friends and family that I hadn't previously. Um, so it has been, you know, beneficial, even though some people have seen some low points, um, the fact that it did resonate with others, but it also makes me more comfortable with the, the world, my own quote, clo- you know, sometimes it's easier to say things to the world than it is your best friend, your partner, your parents. Um, so again, like overall, it is it is greatly benefited me as well. So thank you.
2: You're amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that
2: transparency and the authenticity is very important. And I, I know that for me, it's very contagious. And I think that's what I know we're doing with Operation Happy Nurse and Don't Clock Out is the more that we discuss these mental health issues, the more that people can feel open to talk about it as well and not feel alone. And that's basically the whole yep. point of what, <laughs> why we do what we do.
0: Yes. Why I'm excited to be here. Yeah. The peer support component is oh, yeah. crucial. Making sure that people don't feel alone in their experiences and then also offering them resources, which is the reason Operation Happy Nurse began because Shannon, the founder, realized that what she was experiencing as a brand new nurse was not sustainable and decided that the people that this is not normal and also wanted other people to feel validated in their experiences and provide them with resources. So it's really incredible the power of vulnerability, the power of recognizing that you're not alone in your experiences, and you're a testament to that. It's like the world, yeah.
2: So a large part of your mental health advocacy is the insistence that we stop blaming ourselves, which I know I tend to do. Uh, What sort of strategies or languages have you found to be beneficial or effective for you?
1: You know, one thing that I greatly benefited from was actually group therapy, um, because there's a lot of instances in which people feel like they don't deserve to feel the way that they do, because they'll um, compare their struggles to someone else's struggles. And I still find myself doing that where it's like, you know, I didn't experience this. I didn't experience this. Why do I feel like this? And I felt my entire life growing up like that. And it kind of made me mad at myself, which, again, only continues this like circle. And so kind of just like recognizing that you're allowed to feel the way that you feel and not comparing like think about how you feel. Don't think about how anyone else feels or what anyone else has experienced. If you're feeling a certain way, that's how you feel no matter If there's a reason behind it if there is a reason behind it I think that's super important Um, and something that a lot of people actually like reach out to me is like you know I'm depressed but I have a happy life why someone was like you know my son says he has anxiety or depression but I don't understand it because he has a happy life and I was like you know I did too you know I first was you know wrote my first suicide letter when I was eight and so I actually, like, had a conversation with this mom about that, and there was, you know, there was nothing, like, abnormal going on in my life, and she actually was, like, she I encouraged her to bring her son to therapy, and those kind of things, like, mean the world to me, um, and is exactly why I communicate these things, because it is so important to understand, like, you don't have to have some dramatic, you know, thing happen in your life, or, you know, you just, you feel the way that you feel, and I think it's just important to, like, sit with that.
2: Yeah, I feel like I, as a nurse, too, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, I had so much anxiety post COVID that I never had before just working in the hospital, Mm -hmm. but I had so many times where I'm a medical surgical nurse, but I would think Carly, you're, you know, you're not working with the COVID patients that are dying in the ICU. You're not working, you know, in these harsh conditions per se. So I felt guilty and thinking, where is this coming from? Like, I know I didn't have it as bad as some people did. I didn't, you know, watch people pass away and et cetera, et cetera. And I just beat myself up. Like, where is this coming from? Like, you're so dumb. <laughs> like, and then it's just the trying to talk better to myself and learn that, like you said, it's not my fault. It came from a situation and this trauma that I had, regardless of how it was compared to other people's, I still have to consider that this is my own and that's okay. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I love that Carly and can wholeheartedly relate as someone who worked on like a PCU step down. You didn't, maybe I didn't feel as valid because I wasn't working in the intensive care unit, but I was still having to experience like high acuity patients and transfers to the ICU. And that was traumatic in and of itself. And I know a lot of people listening can relate to the layered experiences. People in outpatient um, settings also experienced um difficulties in relation to the pandemic um and they voice that in like our weekly support groups through don't Clack out and they feel seen and heard and also the people who are in acute care settings can have more empathy can have more of an understanding like oh their experience is different from mine but it's still valid and it's still impacted by a broken system Um, there was also last week I got to participate on Wednesday in a support group for the Operation Happy Nurse program, which is a little bit more intimate than what we do at Don't Clock Out. But I was able to speak to a couple of nurses and they were able to share their experiences and they felt validated by each other. In that same week, they had both had similar experiences at work, completely different hospitals, completely different cities. But they felt aligned and they felt less alone through their vulnerability, through those shared experiences. There's so much power in that. Speaking of um, vulnerability, speaking of tools to help support people in their mental health, you're launching Unwritten Rules on Mm -hmm. Snapchat coming soon. Could you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So this is um, something that I'm excited about and passionate about because it is going to be one place where it is hyper focused on mental health and i'm focusing the content that i do um, put on snapchat on some of the things that i find a lot of my like followers relate to so as i was kind of like alluding to previously i get a lot of messages from people and a lot of them are very consistent and i wanted to find a way to bring that group together and i haven't found a way physically yet but being able to take like the common denominator through the messages that I get and then speak about them um, has been beneficial for me. I've gotten you know great feedback from others, and I'll also ask people for recommendations. Like, what are some things that you want to have shed like shine light on? Um, I, and I only talk about things that I can relate to. Um, so you know, some people are like, oh, I want to you know someone to talk about men and mental health, and unfortunately, like that's not something that I can speak to because I do want to make sure that it's authentic. Um, but if someone else wanted to raise their hand and then share their story, like I'm totally open to that. But it's it's mainly like okay, the the community that I have now. Um, how can I, you know, help bridge the gap between like each of the different people who feel alone that I'm speaking to one on one?
0: I love that. I love being able to build community through what you're already putting out but in a more intimate way mm-hmm. and also being able to accept and hear stories from your community in a safe place. Um, it's, it creates positive change. I feel like there, like with those, like with steps like this, with tools like this, um, with content like this, you get to impact someone's life in a way that helps them impact someone else. So they change the way that they frame their own thinking and then begin to behave in a way around the people that they care about, the people that they love. They expose them to this if they feel like it's valuable, if they feel like that person might need that. And then it becomes a network of supported individuals who want to, prioritize their mental health they want the people that they love to also do the same and it just be it creates a ripple effect you have a supported community and then a supported planet like this is what we are building (laughs) this is what we get to do
1: isn't that amazing no it is amazing And, and actually the last um there was something that was recommended to me that someone wanted me to discuss and it was how um body image can impact intimacy and i was terrified to share it terrified and I actually, I wasn't going to, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Cause it is still hard, even though I make it look easy, it's, it's not easy. Um, and so I messaged that person. I was like, you know, I think this is important because if I feel uneasy talking about something, how uneasy is it going to make other people feel, um, that might be experiencing the same thing. And I talked to her and was like, you know, this is how I experience it. I don't, and she's like that's exactly how i experience it too. and i thought again like this is one specific instance where i genuinely thought i was on an island with it. and hearing her say that that's the exact way that she her you know body image impacted intimacy i was like wow. like i felt so validated in that moment and so that's when i did you know record the video and i had friends and family members not only the online community reach out to me saying I cried watching this. This is exactly like how I feel. And it's like, I didn't even recognize that my own friends and family, you know, related to that because it's not something that I had discussed.
2: That
0: makes me like tear up
1: oh, <laughs> um,
0: because just from my own sharing of my own journey, um, not only with my mental health when it comes to healthcare, but just in general seeking help after nursing school, being like 19 and like wanting to resolve my own personal issues, my own emotions before going into this field. I was terrified because of stigma, because of um, culture. I'm Dominican, and so we don't really talk about mental health in my culture. And it leads to a lot of generational trauma. And like, I've been the catalyst in my family for transformation, for breaking generational trauma my family members come to me because they feel seen and that I've sought help and I've been open about it. And it's such a beautiful thing. And it like, I don't know, it makes me emotional because I know it's either that or potentially like someone losing their life. Right. And that's, that's where we're at. So, uh, sorry. No, no, that should make you emotional because
1: (laughs) No, that's amazing, right? Like, and that's another thing. It's like those close personal connections are what actually is going to make a a difference in someone's life. Um, yes, being an, an influencer might spark a conversation, but being able to have that and you taking the the jump start, it is sometimes harder to to communicate that in a small group. And I feel that, like, I feel that in certain ways. So, like,
0: no, that makes like the trust that comes with validation. Yeah. Like, you understand. In a way that i never thought someone else could so now i get to tell you how i feel i get to also accept my own feelings like i don't know it's powerful (laughs) oh
2: yeah yeah it is and you're right it's all full circle because when i started doing this operation happy nurse back in the day um i uh, I had like my friends that are nurses coming up to me and saying, "This is really awesome what you're doing. I really think this is gonna, you know, this is very powerful." And now that you're speaking up about how you're feeling and being open, which of course the beginning was terrifying, uh, now it's, it's a lot easier and it's nice to know that my friends and my peers feel comfortable speaking with me about things that they're going through. And like you said, it's just a full like circle ripple effect. So it's been very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielle, kind of going back to body image, if you're comfortable, uh, how I saw in an interview that you were speaking a little bit about coming to terms through therapy with an eating disorder, and I've just pointed blank still on my recovery journey with my own. If you're comfortable sharing, what was that experience like and what's something you learned that might be beneficial for someone who's currently struggling?
1: Yeah, you know, I was in denial for a long time, and looking back at the signs and the like extremes that I was going to, I'm like, how did you not know that? But you didn't I didn't want to think that because I was so hyper focused on just the scale. Um, and my family members, my friends, um, my coworker, you know, like there was a lot of people who were telling me, you know, this is unhealthy, you're getting too thin. And I took it as a compliment um and so that that was something where I'd, it's another reason why I kind of just like wanted to to not think that it was a negative thing. I had like literally thought it was a positive because I had been heavier my entire life. So hearing the it from the opposite end of the spectrum like in a sick and twisted way made me feel awesome. And it wasn't until like this was in college um that I had an eating disorder and then it wasn't until way later when I was having conversations in therapy about like my past and certain things that had happened, like a timeline of events, when they said, oh, you had an eating disorder. And even in that moment, I was like, no, I didn't. And um, there was just like, a, like, the healthier I got and the, the better my relationship with food got, the more I started to realize, you know what, I did. And I found myself actually after a breakup, slipping back into that, um, where I was like very, very much so restricting myself. And I think that when I noticed myself doing it again, and all of that's when all my coworkers were like, we're like a little worried about you. Um, Cause when you're in the office, it's very apparent if you're not eating. Um, and I think that's when I was starting to realize like, okay, uh, you, you are kind of falling back into the pattern that, and, not, and then I came was like, yes, okay, you did. Um, you kind of do now, but it, t- it takes a lot of time to even recognize the fact that you do.
2: Yeah, I remember I was the same thing and I my therapist kind of explained to me that, well, you have anxiety, so it's all wrapped up in control and being out of control and so you focus Mm -hmm. on food and that's your focus to because you can control how much you consume, et cetera. But uh you talked a little bit about being the sorority and I that's that's I I was in college as well, I went through all of that and so not until later when I was sitting down with my therapist did I understand that these things started a lot earlier than I thought, kind of like you just said. And it's interesting how your mind can play tricks on you and you can tell yourself, this is fine. I'm healthy. I'm eating really well. I work out three times a day. That's completely normal. I'm just extra healthy. Mm -hmm. And then finally getting to a place where you have the mindfulness and the information to understand that maybe that's not normal. Maybe that's not okay. So it's just, it's been, I think the beautiful thing is you're open about it and people, At least I do personally respond to that because I think it's something, especially when you're in the limelight and social media is everywhere, that it's a lot of pressure. And I think women, I mean, young women probably really look up to you because it's something that needs to be spoken about
1: because it is happening. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, and that's actually something that I was scared because I still had very, very bad body image um, issues before the show aired. Um, and that was something that I was I was afraid of. So I went to eight hour um, sessions, therapy sessions, um, multiple times a week in order to try and uh, reframe my brain out of that and it helped drastically. So it takes a lot of work and people you know, will ask me again for advice on that and it's hard because I don't know how to give it to them. It's something like I've been obsessed with food and weight ever since I was a very young girl in kindergarten. And like the amount of work you have to put into that like is crazy. Um, And I'm still not 100% there. I don't think, I don't know if I ever will be transparently, but like, it's a lot of work to, to, you know, to even get to where I'm at now.
2: Right. I always tell people it's a journey, you know, and I think the beautiful thing is being aware that it's, you know, it's, it's going to be that Mm -hmm. and just working, giving yourself the grace to take it day by day and understand that you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days, but we're going to get through it.
1: Yes, because my, my therapist actually asked me to start writing down the signs of when I can find, like there's different triggers that can cause me to overeat or undereat because I kind of fall into both spectrums sometimes. And so it's like really writing down and recognizing the patterns before it gets to the extremes is actually what I'm working on right now Was what I've been working on and it's it's been helpful.
0: I love that we kind of tied into our next question through talking about how this is a journey, how this is not linear, how it takes time and how it's ongoing. You've talked about the impact of trauma on your life um, through written work, through sharing your voice, through your advocacy, um, and also the impact it's had on your childhood, your adolescence, and then into adulthood. So through all of that, you have been able to become an advocate for Anyone struggling through mental health. Um, what do you think will continue these efforts? How do we continue to change the world with you? What can we do to create an
1: impact the way you have? I think exactly what you guys said. Again, like it, you don't have to have a certain amount of followers on Instagram in order to make an impact. It's really like being open with the people around you, as you were mentioning at work. Um, you know, being Again, like having my coworkers have seen me or follow me like they know about my mental health, even though I wouldn't have necessarily told them one on one. But I've had other people come to me um, saying, you know, I need a mental health day or X, Y and Z. And I think the more the one on one conversations, whether it be family work, like that's what's important is just not being afraid to speak out. And even if you are afraid to speak out, um, understanding the benefits of doing so even though, like, again, it's very scary. Um, But I think it's just having, like, I'm an open book, and it's like not being scared to be vulnerable, to um, talk to the people that you're close with about what you're feeling, because there's going to always be someone that feels similar to you. Um, Not every single person, but I think that that's the most important thing, is um, not judging yourself, not judging others, listening. Um, Again, just being, like, transparent about how you feel, um, because you never know who else is struggling in the same exact way.
2: Of that,
0: it to me like it sounds like almost creating like a baseline, like understanding the people around you, the people who you work closely with, the people that you love, knowing when they're in maybe a settled state, when they're doing their best, when they're thriving, and then paying attention to them enough through caring about them, yeah. that when something might be wrong, you are easily signaled by any kind of change through being just inherently aware of the people around you. And that's just showing love. That's building community. That's asking, how are you doing? But actually, like, I do want to listen to you. I want to know how you're doing. I know that's a loaded question. So if you can provide me with any insight on how I can make you feel a little bit better or what I can do for you in this moment to make you feel heard. And just knowing, like, that you can say like I have the capacity to have a conversation with you to talk about how you're feeling because it looks like you might be struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Just being aware of the people around you shows that you care about them. Right? I don't know. Does that make sense?
1: (laughs) Oh no, completely. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I'm a big believer in check in on your people and also other people as well. And like I love that you said that, Sarah, because I'm trying to be better about even when people just ask me, oh, how are you? And we always say, good, and move on with your life. It's kind of the basic greeting. I'm trying to be better and not mm-hmm. trauma dumping on them at 7 a.m., but just being honest. Like, yeah, it was a weekend, or I'm not doing too hot, or I'm really tired, or just some semblance of honesty. So maybe that'll pass on, and we can all be a little more transparent with each other. I think that would be wonderful.
1: <laughs>
0: Ideal. <laughs> the perfect That's world. how we save it's- the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's... And now, now I'm feeling hypocritical again. Cause it's like, it's so easy. It's so much easier said than done. Um, because I just found like, re, not, like a couple months ago I was in a pretty dark place and I didn't want to burden people. And I kept saying, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I was just very avoidant. And then it got to the point where I couldn't avoid it anymore. And now, you know, people are overly worried and I'm like, guys, it's okay. Like I really am okay now. But even when you say you're okay, they're not going to believe it as much. And they're going to have the anxiety of you maybe not being honest, even when you are. So I think that that's another, it's like, don't feel like a burden either. Because if people are checking in on you, they genuinely want to know. If someone's asking you if you're okay, they want to know. And they're not going to believe you when you are. And then they're just going to have this like love, constant level of anxiety about how you're doing if you don't fully explain the the highs and the lows.
2: Yes, I agree. And I love asking people this because Sarah and I always talk We're basically we try a lot of different things like we've tried meditation and all these things. So what is something that you do for your mental health that you've maybe just took on this year or something you're kind of implementing now in your daily routine that has been really beneficial for you?
1: One thing um, that I have just started redoing is I write down an outline of like a to do this for the day. Um, it's something that I really, I really need structure. Um, I need to keep what my, yes, my current structure is, um, just to make sure like, cause I get down on myself or I m- might not notice that I'm falling back into a pattern of me, not doing anything, not leaving the house, not communicating with other people. So even if it's just like writing down, go outside, I'm looking at that and I'm like, Danielle, go outside. Um, and so, and, or even just putting calendar reminders, uh, so that's something that I, I really need to get in the habit of and I have been getting into the habit of and it's already drastically helped me because um, I did. I literally just fell out of that pattern. And in a week ago, um, I restarted doing that and I've already seen the benefits. Um, and I also do journal a lot and I do just about my feelings. Um, and so like that's a big thing. I, I know I've spoke about songwriting. It, I you know, it's it's very um, therapeutic for me because it's kind of taking pain and turning it into art, or also taking happiness and turning it into art. It's not always something negative. Um, and also a big thing for me that I've been working on is to like writing down the things that I'm experiencing every day so that if it does get to a worse place, I'm noticing the different um, kind of similarities into what like kind of makes it progress.
2: Yeah,
0: I recently started structuring my life and, my calendar is a mess because there's so much that I have to do. But at least it's there, right? Like before I was just relying on memory and missing appointments, missing meetings, like getting a text and it's like, you're supposed to be on this call. And I'm like, oh,
2: okay. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, mine's a mess. This yay. is mine right <laughs> now. <laughs> See, there can be small things. It's just baby steps. And, water. like, I draw on it, like... This one's these even are worse
1: than
2: <laughs>
0: Like, doodles galore. I love Get that. I don't even know what that is.
2: I need to start writing. I do it all on my phone. I don't know what
0: any of this is. <laughs> no, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. So it's on my phone, on a calendar. I have reminders. I have check marks. I have smiley faces, like... <laughs> It's something and it really keeps me on track and I need it. And it also helps me like release some creativity, release ideas, put them on paper and say like, I can execute this because I've written it down and it makes sense and it needs to happen and it will. Yes. But it's okay if I don't get to it today.
1: Exactly. I can beat myself up about that too. (laughs) It's like if I cross one thing off the list as I'm like, I'm like, yes, see, I can't wait to cross it off. And I'm going to cross something off. Maybe not all of them, but one of them. (laughs) I love that. I should start doing that.
2: I could always just revisit it. Yeah. yeah. I
1: didn't
2: realize how much routine is so important to me until I went back home. And this is also me because I'm a little neurotic, but I was, I was trying to enjoy my family time and I was enjoying it. But then I realized as soon as I got back home, I'm like, okay, I need to get back in my routine and wake up at this time. And I'm like, Carly, relax. But I, I do love structure. I am a structure type of lady. Thank you so much, Danielle, for taking the time to talk with us today. Honestly, you're like a breath of fresh air. But if our listeners <laughs> want to see or learn more from her, check out her Instagram. It's at rule N-E-L-L, Ruhl, R-U-H-L, or her website, daniellerule.com And thank you again, sincerely.
0: This was such a great convo. I know I could keep talking with you guys. I'm like, it's over. What? (laughs) Your mom's going to go. Keep talking. Yeah, it's like chat. One more song. (laughs) Yeah, we're like on Facetime, group Facetime. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Well, have a great week, y'all. Thank you. You too. Thank you.